0: I want to give honor uh, to God, man. Uh, man, I, I know they call you the the crying Massies, but can I just tell you? When I was young, I told my mom, "Why do I cry every single time?" And she's like, "It's it's it's God's gift for you." I'm like, "Gift." <laughs> of course, I didn't say that to my mom. I was like, "Gift." <laughs> I love you, mom. If you're watching. God's good. So I keep going about the Lord, I start crying all the time. Um, I want to give honor to my bishop. Um, if it looks, if it appears that this message shows that I'm mad at the devil, it's because, man, I'm mad at the devil. And if it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm pumping up our bishop, it's because I love my bishop. I felt when I was studying, I was getting so angry. I'm like, my God, how can I tell this to the people? But, you know, Jesus loves you all. Uh, I, I give honor to my bishop, Sister Jackson, uh, the first family, Dr. Jackson, uh, Sister Hannah, uh, all the ministers who have stood before you and, and they've stood before me. Please keep doing what God is telling you to do. Because you do not understand or you may not fully know what your words and the impact you have on the people. Even myself. There's been many times a message was preached and it was God telling me the time is now to act. I give honor to to the first family, to to the ministers, men and women alike. I'm kind of going to address that today because I ask God, why, why this message? It feels like this is already done, and, and God says, shut up and preach it. That's how he talks. Sorry, don't say those words. or bad words. Yeah. I want to give honor to my wife and my family. You see what, and I want to give honor to my mother-in-law. Get it together. Uh, over the last several weeks, and this is not even part of my message, the last several weeks have been crazy uh, in, in terms of what God is doing. And, I, and I've said it before, there's things going on in our midst that you don't even know about, but they're happening. And, and we have to be positioned. I told my dad, thank you. Happy Father's Day, Dad, if you're watching. He's probably not. He's probably preaching. But I said, Dad, thank you for giving me the opportunity to be positioned, to be ready. But it's up to us to be ready, to be able to give and to move. And in the last several weeks, God has poured out Bible studies left and right. Miss Harris, I'm sorry to pull, call you out, but there's a reason why you're here today. God has something for you. You may not understand. Uh, and, and guess what? Uh, there's something that your doctor cannot give you that God can. And that's why you're here today. And God saw your hunger. He wants to give you the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. There is a plan for you, Miss Harris, that I can't give you, but God is in this place. If it wasn't for my wife and my mother-in-law, these Bible studies couldn't happen. I don't know how. I've been inviting people. I've been Bible asking for Bible studies left and right. And God's like, can you just stop and let me do it? And I'm like, okay. I'm waiting. I, I In the last several weeks, this was supposed to be a testimony. God has opened the doors. My wife has given Bible studies. There's two done and one may be on the way and possibly another Miss Harris. We'll see. This morning at 6 a.m., if you're listening to Eric, the same thing is true. God, I. We have to be ready. Spent all day writing notes. If you understand me, I'm a, I'm a ridiculous person of protocol. I, I say, do you need to be quarantined? Quarantine for 14 days. Shouldn't hang around your family. We, I got protocols left and right, so I, I write these stinking notes down to be ready. But, but my friend Eric, he couldn't meet yesterday. Eric, I love you. But at 6 in the morning, we met on the phone So that we can talk about baptism. Eric, this is for you and for your family. This is not something any man can give you. Hallelujah. Folks, we got to be ready, we got to be positioned. There's people that are hungry. I'm done, I'm done. I want to be ready. I told my dad, I just want to be positioned. I I don't want to miss it. The message of uh, not too much and not too little. I don't want to miss the opportunity. There are souls at stake here. And and I'm sorry if you're not intimate with God. He's not going to give you the signal to move. And he's not going to tell you. There's scripture for that. God is so merciful. And you might ask why why we get all emotional. If you just know what God has saved me from, you would understand that, my goodness, when Bishop says, come to prayer, I'm going to be there. And when Bishop says, do this, I'm going to do it. Because Hallelujah, hallelujah. I really need to tell y'all something, really. There was really something God wanted to say. (laughs) My timer, man. I'm so sorry. Oh. So I had to repent because, you know, I... I ask God, why this message? Why, why, does it, why does it have to be? And God says, shut up. In every part of my life, God has never let me down. And God has warned this body. He's kept this body. He's prepared this body. He's positioned this body. He's spoken us time after time through the preached word, through the gifts, through prophecy, through every minister that has stood before us. And one of the main reasons why we have these blessings and these warnings and these equippings and this preparation and this encouragement is due to the very truth that we have a shepherd that can and does hear the voice of God. And I have to say this, God is supreme. But if it was not for my shepherd, where would we be? Seriously, what is my time? <laughs> oh, it's over. Ask you. 10 minutes. Starts Start strumming Sister Ruth, please. I'm going to read a scripture and then I'll shut up. <laughs> John 10:27 through 28. You don't you don't have to stand. It says very quickly, "My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me." And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Sister Hildebrand touched on this. Sister Ruth has touched on this. I heard and read this scripture before, but it never really resonated true to me until a few months ago. And I said, God, I want to hear your voice. Sometimes we ask for things we do not fully understand the gravity of what we're asking. In that chapter, and when you start off at the very beginning... By the way, this is just a quick, people quote John 3.16 often, but they forget John 3.8, right before it. I just had to say that. They tattooed John 3.16, I'm serious. I don't even know what it means. You've got to be born of water and spirit first. Nicodemus, something like that. John 10, 1 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, false teachers in this parable, emphasizing that if someone comes into the flock and into the sheepfold, by any other way, they are a thief and they are a robber. Verse three and four goes on to, and I'm gonna get back to verse one. Because by the way, there's only one door. I mean, if that God wanted to put it in there, he would have said you could enter the sheepfold to three doors. Well, yeah, let's talk hypotheticals. I'm sure that if you enter one door looking for the Father, you'd be like, Man, you look a lot like Jesus. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think I got the wrong door. Let me go to the go into the, the sun. Man, man, you look like Jesus too. Uh, do you have a twin? I don't know. Wait, hold on. Let me go to the Holy Spirit door. My goodness, you guys all look the same. So he says one door. And you can't come into the sheepfold unless you go through the one door. If you climb over the wall, you're a thief. You're a robber. I kept getting mad at the devil. I hate false doctrine. It's not three. It's one. Beating up the devil with a foam bat. It sounded like this when I was studying. Thump, thump, thump. I was so mad at the devil. How he's lied to us. How he's lied to the people. Man, I'm just gonna move on. Elijah. Woo! Thank you. Elijah <laughs> set it up. Elijah had two altars, or he had one altar, and he set it up and said, you know what? You set up on your side. I'm going to set up on my side, okay? I do got to go to one scripture, Bishop, so I'm going to get back to the note real quick. On 1 Kings 18.36 says, and it came to pass... At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. It was not a surprise to Elijah what he was doing. It might have been a surprise to the people watching. In fact, in a time when, when water wasn't available, he poured 12 barrels on the altar. This is in a time of famine. But I'm sure the enemy was like, go ahead, Elijah. Last I heard, water doesn't start fires. I'm not a rocket scientist, but I've never told my wife, don't worry about bringing lighter fluid. We have enough water to start this barbecue pit. I got it covered. God there's two altars. You know, and I'm just i I'll say this. Why would God let Elijah down? He had done it before. Why is a why, why would Elijah have been surprised that God wouldn't do it? He fed him in the midst of famine with birds that's the supernatural. Who's ever been fed by a bird? (laughs) If you have, there's medicine for that. That's what happens when you stay off the notes. You like, you think of things that But, but God goes to Elijah one more time. And he says, you know what, now's the time. Don't tell me you can hear from God. This is where it gets a little hard. If you cannot obey your bishop. Some of us put more faith in a mask than you do the words that come from this pulpit. You want expert advice? Listen to your bishop. I said it before. There's some things I cannot give you, but you're in the right place at the right time for God to do a move in you. Here, The problem is, there was a lot of people on the other altar. At minimum, 450. I don't know if it was 850 or what it was at 400. The ones who were eating at the table of Jezebel, by the way. By the way, I looked up a ton of Greek words and where they came from. I'm, like, I'm impressed, my bishop. And, I'm a, and I found that the word Jezebel means uh oh. <laughs> I'm kidding, that's not in there. You know, if there's a Jezebel out there, I'm sorry. I loved your preaching, Brother Hildebrand, because it was so on point with everything that that, that I had studied to to tell everybody, but it's so beautiful because when when you hear the voice of God, the only way that you can hear him, it's not just sound waves, From the pulpit, from the microphone, from the word of God, hitting the tympanic membrane and buzzing something in there, shooting a nerve ending to your brain. And it's not just noise. To hear the voice of God, it says that you obey and that you listen and conform to what is heard. There were several scriptures you read today that said the people of God did not hear wasn't that they didn't hear the, the prophets say words. It said that they did not conform to what they heard. It's like they didn't understand. It's like when we tell our kids, listen, and they do the opposite, that's like, well, it's Father's Day, please. But when it says, and I know them. When Jesus knows us, it's not just that he labels you, sees you as something, but he intimately acknowledges who we are. You cannot be intimate with God if you don't spend time with him. You can't just come and get a, do a, a one-moment stand every Sunday. It's not intimacy. And if you want to hear from him, you have to be talking to him daily. See, there might be a lot of noise. Man, I had a bunch of stuff on Sister Miranda. You, you, you just prophesied some things to, to me. This might have just been for me. All these notes. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to tell the church one last thing. There might be a lot of people on that other altar. I'll give them credit in Elijah's time. They, they made a lot of noise. In fact, they even cut themselves. The big problem was they were at the wrong altar. And we have a bishop at the right altar. We have a shepherd in our life at the right altar. And he's trying to pull you and me from the altar of false doctrine and say, Hey, don't waste your time cutting yourself over there. The true God, the God of miracles, he's on this side. Uh, Hey, hey, come away from the altar of tradition. Tradition. That's not where God wants you. And come on to this side. Uh, if you want to see the miraculous, you have to obey your bishop. Yeah. Two more altars. There's an altar of compromise. And again, God is, is pulling. And our bishop, under the direction of God, is, is, is pulling. pulling. At that altar, say, hey, come to the right altar. And you might look from the outside looking in. Hey, does not make no sense, Bishop? Why, Why would you pour water on the altar? It doesn't make any sense, Bishop. Why are you holding church services when there's supposed to be a hot spot going on? My Bishop can hear the word of God, can hear God's voice. And finally, this is the one, the altar I get stuck on all the time is the, the altar of logical reasoning. Hey, you know, does it make sense, God? I don't understand why. I don't know what's going on. Why would we do this? Just Obadiah, he obeyed. Pour water. Obadiah was like, really? Water? But it was no surprise. March 29th, I'll say that the, the, this is what I was struggling with. Sister Moreno, I, I was praying and there was two separate services and we were on that, you know, that fellowship hall. And I was praying asking God, God, you understand where I'm at? I don't know what to do. I'm telling people to go home. I'm telling people to quarantine. I have these protocols in place. And God is so gracious. He meets you where you need to be. And said God, I want to honor. I don't want any semblance of me to be out of line. And only a few people knew my heart. It hurt. Remember driving to church. I don't get nervous when I do. Th- I don't. I don't poop in my pants when I see a heart attack. <laughs> I had to say something funny, man. I keep crying. But God knew and God said, Hey, you trust me. I say, Yeah, Lord, I trust you. I want to trust you. I trust you. And he goes, then you trust my man of God. And a few seconds later, prophecies that came through. Sister Moreno, I'm so glad that all these people who are used with the gifts don't stop. Leaning on the voice of God. When he says to say, you say. And essentially, I can't find it in my notes, it said, obey your bishop or trust your bishop because I am speaking to him. And that might have been only for me. I'm sure there was people struggling. What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to do it? What's going to happen next? But God said one simple thing. And if we're to see the miraculous in this place, before the miracles come down, it's not going to be surprised. God's not going to let us down. Before we see that, though, we have to be completely surrendered and obedient to our bishop. And before, before you let the thought get into your mind, don't, don't give in. The devil, he's going to try to feed you with ideas that don't let him. If you're here to sow discord in this body, you just climbed over the wall, dude. You're a thief. Because anything opposite of what's coming from our bishop is a lie. So I'm telling you, all those thieves out there, y'all better repent. God is so good. I'm done, but I want to introduce a man of God. If I would have desired anything in the world, man, and if we could preach together, is what I wanted. Preach with my brother. I wanted him to be a doctor. He said no. But if, as a family, if we can win souls together. I'll take it any day. I don't care what your occupation is. I'd like to introduce Trey Garza. God bless y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.